Hey, we are back in studio. It's the Man Fuse Podcast. Kay Lee, your host, audio producer, my co-host, Ben H., the real estate broker, the broker of the year. I don't care if no one else is acknowledging that, Ben, but I'm giving you that award. I appreciate Those it. Those accolades. Thank you so much. You come you in here. You can see me working hard. Oh my God, you are working. I'm grinding it. And you are grinding it, and it's grinding you. It's a heavy situation. If you know somebody in real estate, just give them a hug. Mm -hmm. I promise. Make them a cake. Yeah, make them a cake. Just say thanks for being you. Give them a reach around. Send them a referral. Yeah. Think of them. If you know people in real estate, think of them. Hopefully they think of you, but think of them. Trust me. Yeah, they're thinking of you. They want you. (laughs) They want you like Uncle Sam. Yeah. So check it out. Today on the Man Fuse podcast, we are going to talk about golden nuggets. We brought this up last week. You've probably heard us talk about Gilbert. We're just going to call Gilbert a contributor. A Little Buddha, his nickname. Gilbert, a.k.a. Little Buddha. I just say he's a contributor at this point. He is... Little Buddha, I don't know if he's little or not. You no, know, know, little might well, be always, one of those guy words that we well, want to we stay away from. We always just say he's like a little Buddha. He's like a little Buddha. Yeah, it's like baby Jesus. Like but, baby Jesus. But we're really not talking about. But we don't mean little. Yeah, we don't mean he's a small guy. No, or short in stature. Even a small Buddha. Right. It doesn't mean small. It just means he's just a little wisdom. He's like a. He's got a bit of Buddha in him. Well, a lot of wisdom. He's got a little bit of Buddha in him. And he dropped some lists. He He dropped the lists. Right, that we talked about. We said, What are we going to call the list? We needed, it's Gilbert's Golden Nuggets, which is exactly what he coined when he emailed us singing your praise about putting your stake in the ground, you know, defining what you want in life, which we've talked about over the last couple weeks. You can get caught up on those podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or at manfuse.com. And then you brought up, maybe we need some golden nuggets because he's talked about how he has kind of symbolically through his kids' lives, when something, when a lesson was to be taught, something that was valuable, he kind of coined it his golden nuggets, hopefully that his kids would take that information and it would guide them through life in some capacity. So I just forwarded you Gilbert's email. He heard the bit of last week when we said we need Gilbert's golden nuggets, and he took the time to break it down. I got it. So I would say you read the first... First five, if you want to set it up, because there's basically the golden nugget, nugget number one, and then there's some commentary under it, which is, I guess, a little bit of story, yeah. more detail on that. So we got 12 nuggets here. Okay, so you do the first six, or or you want to ping pong them. One, two, one, two. Sure, let's ping pong. All right, so let me set this up then. Fundamentally, Gilbert says, the idea behind the nugget was simply to stress a certain point that hopefully his kids would remember, write down, because as a parent, he knows he's going to age and probably forget some of these lessons or possibly die one day, and the lessons would be something that they could remember by him and pass down you never know when the last time is that's what we talked about last week which was turned out to be i thought an awesome segment not sure yeah, if you listened. i, to I did i heard it earlier and so he says from what he's seen ben and me have a great way of extracting information i'm out of past text and so we could use this information as needed so you want to take nugget number one ben nugget numero uno a sample of gilbert's golden nuggets All right, so here's the nugget. Strive to do a good job at work as well as work to be socially accepted in the workplace, especially by those in supervisory or managerial 
capacities. Commentary. The point being, it's always helps to have someone covering your back, especially in a manager's position, but you have to do good work to keep your value. It's been often said that if you do a great work and people don't like you, they'll find a reason to disrespect your value. Conversely, if you do okay work, but have great support, they'll find a place for you. So the point is you have to work at both the social and technical aspects of a job that goes for civilian or military duty. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I It's just like we talked about French fries. Make the best fries ever. Whatever you're doing, be the absolute best at it, and you're going to shine. And yes, you want that social equity as well. A lot of that has to do with being humble, asking questions, working hard, coming in early, staying late. I watched a video, I don't remember, it was on social media, and it was just a guy at a movie theater. Yeah. The popcorn guy. Yeah. But this guy had turned his popcorn, yeah. like, the way he scooped, I mean, it was this rhythm and flow it was the where whole thing. he would scoop it like, it was almost like sleight of hand. Before That's you right. know it, the popcorn was in the thing, he was twirling like a basketball, yeah. the popcorn underneath the butter. Right. And he was just whipping them out. Just whoop, right. Whoop. And that is an example of someone that is taking their... Their job and their skill and I mean have you ever seen that in person I have never seen a person at behind the counter at a movie theater selling refreshments and right. condiments ever That's scoop right. my popcorn like that. Yeah, exactly. You would stand the fuck out and somebody would probably hire you for something better. And that's the performance side. And I think something he said in this nugget, which is also incredibly valuable is, hey, a lot of times you're not necessarily meant for the job that you're hired for. And we don't know that until down the road. Well, hopefully he knows that and you know that. Well, no, I'm just saying sometimes you get hired at a place and come to find out you're not really great at the level of administrative work that we need from you. But we like you a lot. And you're, you're a really personable guy. And you might have skills, strengths. We're in gonna other areas. put you in sales and see how you do there. We're gonna make you CEO. Well, because <laughs> we like you, so even though you're not doing good in this department, we wanna keep you at our company. So why don't we put you over here in sales for a little while? We think that's probably gonna fit your skill set better. You become a valued asset of the company, and the company's going to put you where you're going to shine, yeah, which may not be where the you... job you were hired for. Exactly. And so that's a great nugget. Yeah, because sometimes people see things in you that you might not even see of yourself. 100%. Golden nugget number two. Great job so far, Gilbert. I mean, like we were ever doubting you or anything. All right. Don't let your excitement of something new or wonderful in your life burn your tires off. Take it slow, learn as you go. So basically what he's saying is so many times in his life, he's seen people get so overly excited about something new or advantageous that they get so excited they actually destroy their chances of making use of it because they either get arrogant or they advance too quickly from their station in life. Hmm. It's kind of, well, I mean, not necessarily. You must well, know me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you referring to Ben? <laughs> this wasn't one of your children, uh, Gilbert. This is Ben H. You're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I. Agree I'm very with excitable. That. And so am I. I think that's one of the things that we feed off each other. Yeah. Like when we have an idea, and when we both believe in it, because I believe we are very self-aware. I believe we're very intelligent. We're both very outgoing. We're capable of making things happen. You know, if we carve out the time for Definitely. it. Definitely. But we do get overly pumped up. 
We try to move as quick as we can, but sometimes you get to a point with something that, okay, the next we've built this to this, 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 there's some other things before things are going to start. It's a gradual process. Yeah. Like Chris Tuff said, it's going to take you three years to build anything. Anything Anything to the level that you... That you imagine it to be. Yeah. The level that you're excited about. And I think that's another thing. Like, you can't jump the gun, right? You're not going to burn your real estate bridge right this second. Because, I mean, even if that was ever a thing. But, like, in order for that to happen, for you just to be like, you know what? I don't want to show houses anymore. I want to buy real estate. We would have to replace our income to the point where you could make that decision comfortably. 100%. I mean, me as well. So you want to read number three's Golden Nugget. Number three. I love this. Gilbert's Golden Nuggets. Always dispose of your used condom yourself. That is a Golden Nugget. Now, tell me why, Gilbert. Ben. Jeez. (laughs) This is a good one for, I'm assuming he has sons. Yeah, I would assume so. I have a son. You have a son. Maybe this yeah. is a golden nugget we need to take from Gilbert and pass down to our children. I suppose it could be relative for females, too? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, but I think he means it for the male Yeah, I agree. Population. We are man-fused. Don't delegate that task. Even if you are at a brothel. <clears throat> a whorehouse. <laughs> unless you want to knock on your door 18 years later, for obvious reasons, a young man trusting some hoe to dispose of his seed is really risky. Given the laws and liabilities of producing a child, and it's a hard case to prove years later, even if you say that it was supposed to have been disposed of. Damn, Gilbert, that is a that's a wise booter. Right he there. went far on that one. Yeah, I I mean to be honest with you, if I had to be, I'm I, not in the condom game anymore. Well, no, but, but back uh, in the day, I would have never thrown away my condom. I probably would have left it on the floor. Oh God, <laughs> so disrespectful. I was marking my territory. <laughs> so if there was a guy, whose is this? Yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> oh my God. I hope I hide it under the I'd pillow. I kick it under the bed. Uh, yeah, and be there six months later. <laughs> hide it in the pillowcase. <laughs> It'd be as hard as a pencil yeah it'd be so dried up and gross <laughs> it'd be like a chip stand up on its own <laughs> you'd be able to break <laughs> it break it in half oh my god that's funny <laughs> number four a philosophy that was passed down from gilbert's dad to him was always try to leave a place in better condition than when you arrived the idea behind this nugget is not to try to leave a situation in a mess for someone else to clean up due to your own due diligence and cleanliness or you organize things before you leave this habit was reinforced when i went into the military and even to this day i pick up and clean up around the property or on a walk in public lands maybe it's just becoming that old guy in the neighborhood that's going to yell at kids for being loud i don't know but leave something better than it was when you came absolutely i mean if you take the time to do that on property that is not your own yeah like picking up a piece of trash on the street yeah you know it's good for mother earth yeah i mean for human beings there's a whole different level too where you know like we talk about the carrot the egg and the coffee bean oh i love this where story where (laughs) you know the riddle (laughs) the coffee bean i mean i'll just go ahead and tell it again so you put a carrot in hot water it softens you put an egg in hot water it hardens You put a coffee bean in hot water and it becomes coffee. So the point is affect your environment. What that means is if not only affect your environment, 
but it affect your environment in a positive way. Leave things better than where you found them. And that can be your personal space. It can be the company you work for. It can be a relationship, a friendship. I was going to say, that goes for people too. Leave them yeah. in a better place. It could just be relative to today, which we know that life is just a series of todays. Leave today better than when you found it, when you woke up today. You well, woke up today. <clears throat> how can I get to a place by the end of the day where I look back and I go, you know what? Today's better than when I found it this morning. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you just said life is a series of days strung together. It's just another analogy, but every day we're writing another page in our story, Absolutely. in our book, you know, and it's like, okay, today on chapter 45 and right. you know page whatever it is yes. out of 360 I mean I guess that's how you would classify if you know 44 years old or whatever yeah. however many days we are into the year so this is page you know whatever what am I doing differently today did I make this day any better did I stretch myself in any way yeah I mean a lot of times spend time with my kids a little bit more well I think it's natural human nature to be respondent to the emotions that are inherent coming through the stimulus or the medium of the world. Things are coming toward you. People are talking to you. You're getting phone calls, emails. Things are coming at you throughout the day. You might be in a struggle. You might be struggling financially. You might be struggling in a relationship. You might be struggling with a family member, your job, school, the military, whatever, right? And yet, if you allow those situations to control, you can take those situations basically, and you can learn from them. So I'm reading David Goggins' mm. second book right now. What's that one called? Never Finished. The I first book was one. Can't Hurt Me. Yeah, I love that one. The second book is Never Finished, and I'm toward the end of it right now. How is that? It's really good. Is it as good as the Can't Hurt I think it's better, okay. but I think you should read both. It's parallel in some ways, but what he's really digging into here is, listen, most people stop at pain. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It hurts. He did a 240-mile race yeah. mm -hmm. in the Moab, mm -hmm. the Moab 240. I remember when he did his first 100-mile, and he had no training for it. And, that, and so what he's talking about a lot is the difference between a 100 and a 240. And so Fucking it amazing. goes into the place where he's actually studying the pain and the things as they're happening to him from a place of detachment. So he's taking notes, and he's learning about the things that are coming up as he's facing this pain. He's detaching himself from the pain itself. Which is hard to do. And continuing to push his body and to proceed forward. And something really interesting happened toward the end of the second Moab 240 that he ran. Did he not complete the first one? Well, the... I don't... Well, I yeah, don't. so, but on the second one... Mm -hmm. He was in the worst position he'd ever been in, and he took a seat, and he realized that he was operating in the mindset of his weaker self, and his stronger self at that point came in and took control. And the last 40 miles of the second 240-mile run that he did, he said was the fastest he's ever run. It was the best performance he's ever shown. And you would think at that point you would be as depleted oh, as— Oh, his feet were tore up. Oh, his I mean, he was damaged. He oh, was well, the first he was bad. 
badly hurt. The the first hundred mile one, he like had shit himself. And so he was in a real bad way. Yet was once his stronger self took control, he was running six minute miles on the last 40 miles. And we're talking about a guy. Six minute miles, that is sprinting. Right. That's a sprint. And we're talking about a guy that has pushed himself into the uh, Navy SEAL training. Exactly. And so that's how he does it. And I guess that's kind of in a way I'm mirroring what I read because I'm starting to see that parallel just in all of human life, not just in my life, but in my life about how I can actually take a step back from whatever it is that I'm dealing with. Right. And I can just... Well, it's not, I'm not going to say it's not normal, but pain is an indicator that lets you know you might need to pause. Well, for, for most people, like, like instinctively, yeah. when you feel pain, you normally don't push harder on that pain to make right. it worse. Your body, your mind says, oh, you need to stop that. That's not comfortable. Yeah. And most people don't ever push past the point yeah. of that. Now, I'm not telling you to ignore something that could be very serious, but it's knowing your mental, like, can I finish this game? Can I finish this race? Can I finish these phone calls? I've had no's all day. That's painful. It's like when I think about David Goggins and what he said about before he really cracked into the Navy SEALs, once he went through Hell Week for the third time, he finally realized that actually actually what he thought was 100% that he had to give was only about 40%. And so he realized that what he thought was his 100% mark was actually his 40% mark and he wanted 100%. And so that's what gave him the mindset to when it hurt to not stop. That's fucking crazy. When it hurt to keep going because <laughs> actually the goal was on the other side of not stopping because of the pain. Right. But we're trained all of our lives to stop because of the pain, to take a break, to do this, well, to do well, that. Well, because the pain can be a protector for you, too. I mean, it can protect sure. you from, from dying. And it just depends on what kind of person you think you are. When I look at my real estate business, for example, most of my success has come from my person-to-person -person interactions with people. Yep, because you're good. And so I think to myself, I'm like, what if I just dedicated 100% of my day like I was a politician running for office? And I just Shaking hands, kissing babies all day long. How many people could I actually talk to every day if I did that? And how effective of a business builder would that be? I'd probably build one of the biggest companies in our city if I did that. Right. And so when I read things like David Goggins, it pushes me toward that because for him, that bright shining light that was taunting him, he calls it, it was like a disco ball when I closed my eyes. And it was just taunting me, telling me I couldn't do it and challenging me to do it. And he's like, it was that 200 mile race in in Florida and there's this race in Florida that you got to go 200 miles it's from the Gulf Coast kind of where I'm from all the way to the Atlantic Coast in Jacksonville and it's 200 miles you do it by yourself you've got 72 hours to complete it the map and the stuff is there you download on your phone or whatever and you go do it and he did it a month after he did the 240 Fuck. and in between the two he did a 30 so in 30 days he did a 500 he did 500 miles in 30 days Fuck. but but when he talks about that 200, it draws a parallel for me in my real estate business because that 40%, that's where I'm at now. 
And you know how I am. I'm like, I'm over, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other mm-hmm. thing. But deep down inside, I know you that know there's so not. much more and I know how to get it, <clears throat> but it's pushing through the pain. And it's, it's pushing through, and it's, and it's a time thing too, because you only have so many hours in a day. It's just to dedicate myself to talking to people. It's so simple too. It is, but you know, we are people, we are complex. You and I are both outgoing. We have yeah. no problem talking to anybody, but there are days you wake up where you are on fire. Like you're talking to everybody. Yeah. They walk by. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Boom, boom, boom. You're making conversations. Yeah. And then the next day you are about 40% of that. Yeah. And it's could be you're mentally tired. Could you, you might've been hit with a bunch of bullshit that morning that has right. kind of derailed you. I think I had. The, and the point is just to go anyways. I had an amazing. Make it so bullshit can't hit you. When I went to Costa Rica yeah. with a good family friend and great business owner, uh, CJ Stam, and his oh, brother, Derek, and we, we went to Mall Pais, and we had uh, stayed in this surfing town, and we had rented this badass house on an acre of yeah. property that butted up to the ocean. Wow. It didn't have its own beach. Well, it did. But it was all rock yeah. to the ocean. It wasn't anything you were going to lay out. But we had yeah. wild horses running through. But we were staying wow. in this small town. And I remember I didn't speak Spanish. Right. and But I was learning, you know, the, the comings and goings of greetings. And, sure. you know, of course, gracias, de nada, you know, all the things, sure. you know, the thank yous and whatever. And we would be driving through the town and we'd say hi to everybody. Yeah. It was like almost exercising. Yeah. It's like, hey, 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 hey. And I remember the first day back from Costa Rica, I went to Buckhead in Atlanta. Yeah. And I remember literally being on fire. On fire. I mean, I was like a Thursday night and in Buckhead Thursday nights used to be really popular. It was just people would go to clubs and bars and restaurants and yeah. the streets would be filled with people coming in all directions, going right. to different places. And I remember being out there and it was like, I was getting... And phone numbers left and right. right. Nice to meet you. You know, talking to dudes, talking to girls. And I mean, and I was just on fire. I remember it clear as day. Like, why don't I have this every day? Yeah. Why aren't I like this every day? Right. And then the truth is, you can't be. Right. I mean, you cannot. You can try your best to get up to that point. Right. But also, I was in a position coming back from Costa Rica, and I was in Buckhead that particular night, where I didn't have to go looking for people. Yeah. I was put myself, just by coincidence, in the center yeah. of a very social area right. to where it was like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where we are family guys now. That place doesn't really exist anymore. We have to go and kind of search and go out of our way even a little bit more because we're not surrounded by people walking. I mean, granted, we're surrounded by people, but not at, like, that capacity. Right. Not in the social. We're going out, drink, you know, you've got to interrupt people at Starbucks, kind of. Costa Rica does that to me, too. That's yeah, why I love I came it so back much on there. fire. Every time I've ever gone there, I always come back, and I feel like I'm a better version of myself. And you're hungry. You're ready to fucking tackle. It makes me a better person. When I go there, I become a better person. Yeah, I hate you, and you're not there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm totally. And I've told my wife, I will go. I'll go right now. I would go now. If my wife was cool with it, I'd do it. Maybe not forever, but I would make that jump. You mean live there? I would. Yeah, I would do it. Well, there goes the Man Fuse pod. (laughs) Signing off. We could still do it.
couldn't we? I mean, I could have a studio in my house. We could do video oh, through. Yeah, we could totally and do we it. could record it. Might we totally could, but still, nonetheless, I mean, it's still not as good as being right here. No, in the room. But, no, it's not. Yeah, but, but my point is that based on Gilby's nugget, nugget is Gilbert's nugget. What is this number? Nugget number four. Yeah, and I, I think four I'm, is like a whole episode. Well, five's pretty fucking good too. Right, well, you let me well, know when you're well, ready. Yeah, I mean, let's close out number four just by saying, yeah, absolutely. Leave. Wasn't it leave? Leave things better with people, places, or things than yeah. you found it. Yeah. And the nugget was leave things better. Cleaner. Yeah. I mean, the nugget was always leave something better in a better condition yeah. than the way you, if you're staying at someone's house, if you're at your house, if you're walking yeah. on a walk like Gilbert does with his dogs. Yeah. On his walk, he'll pick up trash or, or whatever, you know, right. or improve something. So even if it's so small and it might not even be noticed by the average other person walking by. Right. That Gilbert was there before them. Yeah. But Gilbert knows he's improved the situation, right. whatever that situation is. And I, I love think that. you can apply that. Number five, celebrate the little wins and try not to complain about the little losses. This is a big one, too. Then you could really dive in. The universe will find a way to give you something really harsh to worry about if you make a habit of complaining over small losses. Just build some character. And learn from your mistakes. Take it and move on. Besides, you never know who's watching how you react. Let me say that again. You never know who's watching how you react. That's huge. Yeah. Some people with influence like to find a person with a positive personality and help them from afar. Absolutely. It happens. That's huge. You could dive in. Someone is always watching you. Whether mm -hmm. you think... If you're at work and you're on your job, if you don't think your boss is watching you, he yeah. is. He's paying attention, even if he's not giving you the attention directly. Your spouse. Your sp uh, always your kids. like a fucking hawk. <laughs> a lot of times, like, I'm too busy to pay attention to what other people are doing. I just kind of have to put blinders on and go. Because mm -hmm. if I think about stuff too much, it'll right. side rail me because I right. get in my head about it. But I know, well, I, mean other I, people I know I'm being watched. Yeah, and sometimes I forget it. Well, it's okay to forget it because if you forget it, I mean, you're probably confident with what you're doing most of the time to where you don't care if they're watching. Let them watch. That's exactly right. I mean, and like I've said before, like, hey, I don't need laws because I know the difference between right and wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In your heart, you do. Yeah. You are the judge and jury of what you think is just yep. and wrong. Absolutely. Now, there is a bigger governing power that might differ, you know, depending on what it is. They might say you're wrong. You might say I was right. But ultimately, in your heart, I mean, you definitely know the difference between right and wrong. You know, I think we, most of us do. And some people just don't care. They know it's wrong and they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And it might be due to a social, where their level is in life. Yeah. Their hand might be fucking horrific. Absolutely. They might have been taught to steal and rob and kill for everything that they fucking get. That's which, right. You know, which I would still think they probably know it's wrong, but they move forward anyway. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's huge though. Oh, and that same thing, that kind of time into being the best if you're scooping popcorn in bags at the movie theater and putting butter on it be the best at it yeah don't be the guy that is moving as slow as possible just trying to and that's another reason why i love the business model and i've said it before of qt 
quick trip. Yeah. Because these guys are operating on such a high level as far as it doesn't matter if there's eight people in front of them. If the ninth person walks into that gas station, they're greeted with a even a short one. Hey, how's it going? And then they continue on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They acknowledge you. And then they bust out a fucking line. Absolutely. You know, they are moving people through there at a rate. And so you have people performing at an optimum level, not a government paid employee. It doesn't really matter how many people they see in a day. Yeah. They're not being timed. I mean, they're moving as slow as possible. Right? They're just moving at whatever pace they decide they want to move. Yeah. And that's why so many people leave that government office or that business pissed off. Right. Because you're trying to do the best and be the most efficient person you can be, and you're being held up by someone that's doing the complete opposite. It is true. And I mean, who am I to judge? Maybe that is their best, but a lot of times you got to have more than that. Anyway. Number six. Let's see. Find an individual or individuals who can teach you better methods compared to the ones your mom and dad taught you. Mm. Dang. Well- I've asked my kids to read a book titled Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read this book when I was 18 years old by Robert Kiyosaki. It is for anybody getting into business. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the most, it is something to teach your kids. It is the most common sense approach to money, like a a money teaching book. Yeah. I mean, that's why he sold so many. Right. You've read that book. I know you've read it. I have. Of course. I also have his new one on my bench. I don't know his new one. I have his fucking board game, Cash Flow, yeah. to teach my kids. Anyway. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So Gilby says, it's the journey of an individual who gained a great deal from having his own father teach him to be humble and hard work, while another man who he referred to as a mentor and father taught him all about being business savvy. These are two different strengths from two different men. Lots of valuable lessons in his story. Mm-hmm. It's very true. We've also discussed this. Find a mentor. You can imagine. Mentors all over in your life. Someone might be where you want to be financially, but they might not be where you want to be spiritually, or they might not be the exact type of person like that you strive to be, but they could be a smart business person. No nonsense, you know, just... There's an example. (laughs) There's an example of a little loss at the moment. So someone was trying to buy a property that is currently... 10 acre property. Currently has a tenant. 1.75. Has got a... Four tenants on the property. Are there four, like, separate houses? Yeah, we negotiated a contract. The only thing is that there's tenants in those properties. But it's all on one piece of property. Yeah, and the seller has agreed to get the tenants out of the property prior to closing. So the buyer wants it to be just theirs with no tenant. And we've been going back and forth for three weeks on the language about the tenants. And the buyers are just done. we finally come to basically an agreement, and now they're out. So these people that were buying, were they going to knock down the places that the tenants were living? I mean, what was their end use for it? They wanted to occupy this. They want to tear down all the buildings and build a big-ass house. It's like an $8 million buyer. What a fucking nightmare. Anyway, prime example. Ben's not sad right now. Well, at least he's not showing it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's very painful. But now I've got to get back with this seller. Who you've been wheeling and dealing with. hard with. Because you've probably gotten them to compromise. Oh, it's and beyond. And they have three weeks involved it's in it. It's beyond And now crazy. you have to tell them, it's done, it's cooked, it's dead. Yes. But I may have a backup offer. Let's see if my boy Gordon can bring us a backup offer. Hold on one second. 
This is how real estate is done, ladies and gentlemen. Let's this just is see. A, this is a prime example of Gordo. Let's see what Gordo does. Gordon Gecko. Everybody be quiet. That's what I call him. Gordo can't take your call. Answer, Gordo. Come on, answer, Gordo. Don't leave me hanging. Answer. Come on, we're, we're willing it. Pick up the fucking... You have reached Gordon. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, uh, he, he hit the FU button. That wasn't the hotline. Ten Acres is back on, comma. Give me a call. <laughs> Should have called. Ten Acres is back on. <laughs> I had a feeling this is the way it was going to go. You thought you had a deal. Well, yeah, because the buyer had sent over a contract that expired two days ago at 5 p.m. And the seller took his time and then sent back a few changes to their thing. And the seller was aware of the deadline. Yeah. But he just blew past it. He operates at his Two own days speed. ago, the seller had a real opportunity to put it under contract with these folks, and they are the real deal. So, actually, that's not your fault. That's his fault. No, it's not my fault. It's the seller and the buyer kicking the shit back and forth, obviously. And the seller going... Honestly, the seller should have just signed the shit. Right. And seller going, I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to move on this right this second. Yeah. Well, Which may prove to be a good decision. Could we'll be a good see strategy. how this goes. They might go... In two days, you know what? Well, it may be that I can get a buyer to come in mm -hmm. who's going to build three houses mm -hmm. that are going to be $4 million each that I can then turn around and list and well, sell for a grand total of $12 million are, are in these, volume these, uh, versus 1.75. Uh, zone for two-acre properties? Three plus. Okay, so you got three properties. Three lots. Three lots. You could, Smack center of Milton. And you can achieve that with the road or whatever? Mm -hmm. thing? Okay. Everything's perfect. Okay. All right, you want to move on to Golden Nugget? Well, it's my turn, actually. If you don't know how to do something, this is number seven, by the way, ask and I'll teach you. If you think you know how to do it, then go ahead and do your best. But when your best is to the point of fucking it all up, Come ask me, and I will either fix it or replace it. Mm. A quote that I was told way back in my mid-twenties from an old foreman by the name of Gary Glessner. I amended it slightly and incorporated it into my leadership style, but I still give credit to Gary Glessner. All right, Gary Glessner, you're probably not with us anymore, but this is your credit. I repeated this nugget through the years, and sometimes my daughter takes it too literally, right up to the point where it's going to cost me fucking coin. <laughs> but she reminds me that I taught her this practice. The bright side is that she takes the initiative and learns from doing. Do your best to the point of fucking it all up. But what he's basically saying is don't be afraid to ask for help. That's right. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know the best way forward. I That's don't right. know how to handle this. Can you guide me? And sometimes, even with guidance, it might not be the happy ending that you want right or it might not be the outcome that you uh pictured i mean it could be taken hey if you don't know how to fix this wall don't fuck it up more or it could be how to handle a real situation with work or you know moral or ethically that yeah could be a lot more expensive and a lot more uh, pressing than fixing sheetrock i think you're right on gilbert and gary glessner thank you you little buddha buddha man buddha was talking to buddha so maybe that was your little buddha gilbert little golden nuggets all right and you uh whenever you're ready oh this one's definitely uh do number eight ben do number eight mm -hmm. number eight there's an old saying that says when man makes a plan god laughs but I have noticed that sometimes he's not laughing. He's cheering you on. So make a plan, work it, and be open to signals that may require you to alter your plan on faith alone. It's pretty good. 
at is. I like that. Sometimes God cheers you on. That was the title of the nugget, but it's, yeah, we all have plans. But as we know, the universe, the higher power, whatever you want to say it, sometimes has a different plan or different things. Things don't always go as planned. Right. Absolutely. You never know what's coming at you five minutes from now. Mm -mm. Especially, you know, when you step foot outside and you've got people traveling, everybody is moving. I mean, there's so many things that can pop up in front of you at any moment. The stimulus. Yeah. But being open to pivoting, you know, I think that's for business. I think that's a huge downfall sometimes. People get so stuck in their fucking ways. Yeah. And no, this is how it's going to go. Right. Being able to pivot and make adjustments and change gives you power. Absolutely. And especially when you don't get hung up on the exact outcome. 100%. Because when you get hung up on the outcome, you set yourself up for depression, sadness, because it didn't go to plan. Yeah. You meet a new girl. Like, you get so excited about her. And I don't know why. You might have only met her once or twice. And you hadn't even hooked up with her yet. Right. But you're like, she's so fucking hot. She's so cool. This could be the one. Right. You're already thinking to yourself. And I never got, like, super hung up on that. Sometimes those thoughts would come into my mind and be fleeting. Yeah. And you hope that that might be. But most of the time, as you start to see, you, you get to know them or you don't get to know them them yeah it doesn't turn out to be that way That's for right. whatever the reason they're 100%. not for you but being open to change and being open to pivot sets you up to even expand exponentially bigger whatever outcome you had could be crumbs compared 100 man yeah. and this next one ben h is dedicated to you oh and it says number nine the newest nugget per ben h build a solution for your life so we short did short and concise we, well it's not done yet ben he goes into a long i know he's got commentary but i just like the quote yes i got we, a quote we build talked, a solution for we your talked life. about this ben had a private meeting with a keynote speaker author chris tuff who we've had on the podcast he's kind of a partner with us in a podcasting company that we're signed with we don't own the business with him but he's essentially kind of a partner to us absolutely and um ben had a private meeting with him. went to his house and they spoke in depth about some of the things we talked about in the interview and whatnot and he basically said to ben h you need to put your stake in the ground yeah define what it is you want and right. i think you and i who both have self-educated ourselves through books and mentors we know to define i've heard that a million times i've defined what i've wanted but it's continuing to define what you want and i think yeah change because your definition of what you want is going to change year by year month yes. by month yes and so keeping a clear concise definition in your mind right on a board i mean whatever it is yeah in a book and then build a solution that meets those needs right absolutely so he also says the simple six word statement is next level damn ben boom i'm, I'm not sure i would have been able to understand the entirety and complexity of what that statement means when I was younger. So I'm sure that many won't. However, if I'm not mistaken, I recall Ben H. inferring that you can also apply similar techniques for nudging your life away from a rut or negative circumstances.
circumstance as well as you can to redirect yourself towards a path that may be new and preferred. Gilbert, that's fucking good. That's I, awesome, dude. Your interpretation of that is beautiful. I just got to tell you that. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I'm horny right now after reading <laughs> that statement. Anyway. And I'm the only one here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> ben H., it's all, it's all for you today, It's all buddy. on my shoulders. Yeah, you better hold on. <laughs> Not that you have a huge problem where you are at, but that you could apply similar techniques to adjusting the direction that you want to go in in life. Of course, he said it better than I did, LOL. But no, the way that you kind of summed it up, the way that you actually worded yeah, that. That was good. It was fucking good. I yeah, mean, I kind of learned a little bit from what he took from yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you, you know just, what I mean? You just shed even more light on Ben's thoughts. Yeah, and you know, finding a solution for your life is also just kind of acknowledging that life in and of itself is a big problem. It can be, for sure. I, I mean, mean, it just is. Right. We teach our kids and we're raised a certain way to solve life's problems, like brushing your teeth as an example, solves, you know, hygienic issues. But life itself, we are decaying living organisms in a physical environment. Right. That's a problem. Right. Because right. if, you know, you can't live outside. Right. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, so we have houses for a reason. We, we wear clothes for a reason. These are solutions. Right. To keeping us alive. Clothing is a solution. Right. Absolutely. You know? I mean, now, a house is a solution. Now so. You could be caveman, but they had caves and that was their solution. That's a solution. So life is a big problem and a series of smaller ones and every single thing you encounter is that doesn't mean it's bad and that's why like going to mars and trying to set up a you big know, problem even a bigger problem it's a yeah. different problem than we have yeah. here some of the same things but yeah. now you have the problem of you can't go outside without being in a that's right suit with oxygen yeah so everything you build there is going to have to be something like total recall with arnold yeah. schwarzenegger remember when they had set up i mean they had these big facilities but they had to have oxygen pumping into them at all and and it's an even bigger problem if space doesn't exist, like Daniel Bland says. <laughs> That's a big fucking problem. <laughs> then life on Mars is a whole different scenario. Yeah. The more I, I just can't wrap my head around that. It's I, a deep subject. It but is a deep. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I love it. And it's the stimulus. You know, the stimulus approaches us on a microsecond basis. We're a receiver of all these things. Yeah, we're getting fucking hit in the face with every dick that's fucking... No matter bop, what bop, we do. Bop. Messages subliminally, consciously are being beaten into us right now. Like, I I'm mean, sending I you a message. I just extended right? a $3.1 million listing and potentially picked up another 13 acres next to it. Right. And then 30 minutes later, got the news that the deal I was certain was going under contract right now for 1.7. That you've got hours That I've been hours. working on for three weeks isn't happening. Not right now. That's a roller coaster. And that's why I say life's a roller coaster. You know what I'm and saying? And then what do I have tattooed on my left arm? A roller coaster. A fucking roller coaster. That's right, because buddy. Because that is life. Yeah, I mean, there is, you live, you got ups, you got downs. If you have many ups in a row, you can expect a down is coming to some Absolutely. degree. The more people you talk to, the better. Right. That's I mean, my solution. Talk to more people. Well, it's just you like, know what I, mean? I mean, it's just like my mom and my stepdad, you know, my mom had 17 years with my stepdad. He just passed mm -hmm. two and a half, three weeks ago. Yeah. That's a huge down. It's a big problem. And that is a part of life. She had 17 years. I'm not saying that there weren't like roles or, or any issues with him for 17 years. I mean, like every relationship has its ups and its downs, but that's a huge down when that Absolutely. relationship is no longer existing. And now it only exists in your memory and in your heart. And that's yeah. basically, that's what you have 
have left. Absolutely. But the house is empty. That roller coaster, I'm not going to say it's hit rock bottom, but it is definitely on the dip. Now, hopefully for her, can only go up from here as long as she's living. Number 10. Ben, it's on you. you Number 10. <laughs> We're Take real care smart of yourself here. and don't daydream while driving. <laughs> that was a big one. I mean, this is. I've been an advocate of taking a daily multivitamin for years. I think our foods we eat have been so homogenized that we just don't get the mineral intakes that we would otherwise need for optimal health. And for God's sake, don't daydream while driving. Daydream when you're on the beach or up in the mountains near a lake or in bed under sheets, but don't let your mind run while you're driving a car. That's just asking for trouble. Well, that's it. You'll have to wait for the book to come out and read all of them, but you get the hint. Look forward and make a long-range plan to teach your children while you're still able to remember your lessons in life. Plus, it tells them a little bit about your beliefs and who you are. They'll appreciate that one day. A friend of the show, Gilbert. Gilbert. I kind of ran into that last paragraph. Yeah, you kind of ran that off sorry, the road. Number daydreaming. 10 was take care of yourself and don't daydream while driving. Yeah, I think you started daydreaming. Which is a good one for me. I mean, to be honest with you, another great solution for my life would be to have a driver. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. You know, I mean, that'd be huge. But you love to drive. Yeah, I do. But as busy as I am or as busy as I should be out talking to people, I should have someone just drive me around and jump out of the car and, you know, start talking to people. Jump out of the car, kidnap them and throw them in yours. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I like, dude, that new BMW 7 Series is Is that the one with the nasty. Is that the one with the TV that comes yeah. down? Look, it, it has is a cinema. I've seen like the TikTok videos where the screen comes down. It's well, like a cinema back then. You know, BMW makes Rolls Royces. They make the engines? No, they make the car. The whole thing. The they, engine, the car. I didn't know Rolls Royce is owned by BMW? Well, I don't know if they're owned, but they are made by BMW. I thought Rolls Royces were like handmade or something. They are by BMW. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All the stuff. Maybe they're constructed in Britain. But all the parts are made by BMW or whatever. Point being, the new 7 Series, it looks like a Rolls. How much is that new 7 Series? I mean, they're 100 plus. But I mean, you could a, probably spend over 200 on Well, one. the one with that cinema, yeah. that fucking yeah. with all that technology yeah. and shit. I mean, you could probably spend over 200 What was on it? One. The seat almost reclines completely. Oh, it I mean, does. It's, it's a huge recliner in the it, back. It's fucking sick. I mean, imagine just being in a vehicle like that and having someone drive you around while you're doing deals. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. No, I, I watched this video like 10 times and I caught my son was watching. He goes, Dad, that fucking BMW is. He didn't say fucking, but he said, that movie theater that just comes down it's just everything dark oh, it's unbelievable it's huge it's it's badass so ben keeping with the theme of gilbert to cap it off thank you for your contribution thank you, thank you for your nuggets you know a lot you'll hear on this podcast some of it is funny some of it is trivial some of it is just observational that's right and a lot of it is observational but we try to be positive and a lot of times we, we're talking about things that we're using and learning and optimizing and applying in our own lives to try to be better and try to achieve the things that we want and hopefully that will bleed into our listeners and our audience and so Sometimes we're here just to make you fucking laugh. 